Good morning again, everybody. It's my honor and pleasure to be with you. You're very kind in your introduction, saying, I I need no introduction. Uh, I know with my wife being a second grade teacher, there were a lot of kids that came through her class that didn't need an introduction. Some weren't so good, and some were. It all depends on how you want to take that. But I'm glad to be with you just the same and to share with you from God's Word. We're talking about proving your faith this morning. And we're dealing with Genesis 22. And if you've got your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to open to that. We're pretty much going to plant ourselves there. We'll deviate to a couple other related verses in the process. But I, I just I want to continue with that idea of Abraham and his life of faith. We talked about it during the Bible class, chapter 12 of Genesis where God calls him, and he gets up, and he's going. And Hebrews chapter 11 says, he went out going, not knowing where he was going. And that's the implication, that, that this idea of faith is something that's proven. And so we're talking about it. And I know I'm looking at people that have a faith in God. And they hold on to that faith. And also I know I'm looking at, at individuals, every one of us, myself included, that struggle with our faith. And to be honest, sometimes uh, I question whether I'm really proving my faith like I, I want to be. And so each day is a challenge, and some days are worse than others, and uh, that's just the way life is. And you notice if you look at the, the story of Abraham, it was like that. There were times where it looked like he had it together, and there were times that it's like he was selling his wife out as his sister. It's like, where's your faith? And, that, and we're like that. And then the next day might be different, but we wrestle with those ideas. And so as we're looking at chapter 22, I want to read just a little bit and then make a mention, and we'll get into the first point here. I'm going to try clicking this along the way to keep you up with what's going on in the outline. But verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. And I got to, when I first read that, I thought, now wait a minute. Abraham's faith has been tested since way back. This is chapter 22. And as you're looking here in, in the events, you're going to see that it's a story about Isaac, a son that he's waited well over 25 years for. And now he's up into age. I don't know how old he is. The Bible doesn't tell us. But he's some young youth and and there's something about to happen between what God's asking Abraham to do with his son Isaac. His faith has been tested. And yet it says, God tested his faith. So he said to him, the latter part of verse 1, Abraham, and he said, here I am. I've been here. Then he said, now take your son, your only son. You don't have to emphasize that to Abraham. But God's just coming across, I know this is your really only son. You've got another one through Hagar, but this is your only son through your wife, Sarah. The one whom you love, you bet you he does. He's waited over 25 years. And this is the son he loves. He's the one he's been looking for to be his inheritance. And I want you to go to the land of Moriah and offer him. There as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. 
Do what? Now, there were pagans that lived in that day and time that did that very thing. That offered sons or daughters in sacrifice. It was totally condemned by God. And yet God is asking Abraham to do that very thing. Verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and he took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and he arose and he went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey and the lad and I will go yonder and we will worship and we will come back to you. Now I just want you to realize this is an experience that's not pleasant. I imagine by this time, Abraham has had lots of fun time with Isaac, watching him learn to walk. It's such a neat thing. I've got a little granddaughter, and she's not quite one, and she's not learning to walk, but she can crawl fast, trying to keep up with those two older brothers, and she just gets so excited. And I have a fun time when I get down there, and we got this game we play. And I'll pick her up and I'll hold her in my arms facing outward and we'll chase the brothers around the house. And she's just giggling and laughing. And I can imagine all the things that Abraham did with Isaac. And then all of a sudden, God says this. This is not pleasant. Matter of fact, when you're looking at what's going on, common sense would tell you that Abraham's journey has never been pleasant. His faith journey has been a challenge one time after another. And this is the worst of all. I can't imagine anything having ever been any worse than this. And so you can look at all that's happening here up to this time. This just common sense tells you this is not what he wants to do. And then after it's over with, go ahead and ask Isaac, hey, was this a pleasant journey? Let's just read a little bit because as we're going along, I'm skipping over some part. He gets off and he starts to do the first seven. and says, so Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and he said, My father. And he said, Here I am. And then he said, Look, here's the fire. Here's the wood. Where's the lamb? For the burnt offering. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. Is he saying God had already provided the lamb? We don't know. We don't know, really. That's all right. Speak out. We're not sure. We're just questioning this. God is asking, and and Isaac's looking at this and wondering. It's not really good for him. At the very best, he's thinking his dad's getting up in age and he's learning to forget. It's like, you left the lamb behind. (laughs) But he hadn't said that. And nobody didn't, really. So I'm just kind of introducing the thing. Now, let's move on to the next point here. Abraham was confident that God would provide. And that's why he said this. When he makes this statement, he's making a a confident statement in his trust in God. When he says, God will provide. 
And, and when we leave this, I mentioned this morning about one verse I wanted you to walk out the door with. Anybody remember what it was? Is anything too hard for God? Now add to that this one right here. God will provide. Now as you're looking at this, I want you to compare Abraham's pleading for Sodom in Genesis 18 to his lack of discussion in verses 1 through 3. We read this earlier this morning. When God talks to Abraham and he says, I'm going to destroy Sodom. And Abraham says, well, what if we found 50 people that were good down there, righteous people? Would you destroy it? Okay, God says, no, I won't. Well, how about if there's just 45? And he gets him on down. He just keeps negotiating for this terrible place. And you're watching all of this going on. And then when you get down to these verses, verses 1 through 3, we've just read. And after you get through with this, it says, And Abraham got up early in the morning and left. There's no discussion. This is the point. He's not saying, well, God, how about if I offer a thousand goats instead? Or a thousand goats and bulls? What if I do this instead? How about if I offer this? And he could have offered all kinds. He could have negotiated with God about this. And he doesn't do it. God says, go. Take your son. Sacrifice him. And he says, okay. And... Again, it's, it's not a pleasant thing. But God was confident, or Abraham was confident, that God would provide. And it's just incredible. Now, in addition to that, he had no idea how. He just, he just says to his son, God will provide. And, and his son, as we'll look at along the way, has that same kind of faith in dad. Like in Hebrews 11, verse 8, referring now back to Genesis 12, when the Hebrew author, writing about all these different people with all of these faiths, gets down to Abraham and he says, and he went out going, not knowing where he was going. He just knew that God would provide. We need that kind of faith. Our faith is proven every day by how we act. And whether God's going to provide or He's not going to provide. And sometimes we really get ourselves so worked up in into things that happen, and sometimes not so big things, they're just little things. And, and we let them drive us crazy. And I just got to beat myself up, look in the mirror and say, Dummy, I can call myself that, it's okay. God's going to provide, He always has. He's provided sometimes when I didn't even think of anything that I needed, but He still took care of it. And then the times that I I wasn't sure what was going to happen, I had no idea how it was going to happen, He still provides. And I just want us to understand that in this whole process, God's going to provide. And Abram was confident of this. Now you can look at a similar situation with this woman named Mary. Now she's a young virgin in chapter 1 of Luke, mother of Jesus. And, and when the angel comes to her, and says, you're going to have a son. And she asks, how's this going to be? Now, she doesn't question whether it can be done. She just wants to know how. I, I've never been with a man. How am I going to do this? And the angel explains. And then she responds, may it be done to me according to the Lord's will. God will take care of it. 
Now, I've seen in my own household and in my daughter's household with her children and lots of other people that when you get that new baby, you wonder, how am I going to take care of this? Now, granted, they, they think they've got it all together and they look online and they've got all these answers and stuff, but when they're by themselves, it's like, what am I going to do? Our daughter, who has an RN in nursing and did some studies, particularly in pediatrics. First time the little boy that she got back in Nicaragua got sick, she called home and says, Mom, what do I do? It's like, you got a nursing degree, goodness. <laughs> but she wants some assurance in that. And with that, we want assurance in all of this. Mary could have asked for some assurance, but she just said, Go ahead, God. I, I, you'll provide. You, you're, if you're going to give me this situation, obviously you're going to provide. He'll take care of it. Marshall Keeble some years ago, when he was talking about faith, and he says, if the Lord says jump through this brick wall, he says, it's up to me to jump. It's up to the Lord to put the hole in the wall when I get there. God will provide. That's the point. God will provide. Did you understand that? God will provide. Always has and always has. So as we're looking at this whole thing, I want you to see that. Now, Abraham proved his faith, and God's telling the story. This is the whole thing. There were probably a lot of other stories about faith or the lack of faith that could have been mentioned in here, and God could have said, Now, here's, here's something that you ought to know. Bible's a pretty big book, but it's not. It's only one book. And this one here, God chose to include this because he says, I want to tell you about this story. This is incredible. But first of all, i got to ask the question here. Did Sarah know? Have you ever asked yourself that question? When it says in verse 7, Abraham, or verse 3 rather, Abraham rose early in the morning and he went out. And he had... Had the fire, had the wood, had his son, had the servants. Did he say, oh, by the way, Sarah, God asked me to call to uh, sacrifice our son. I'll be back later. Did she say, did she know? Did he discuss it the night before? Did he tell her? And, And if not, when did she find out? Some of these commercials I like watching on TV... You've heard occasionally when a dad will do something with his son and they get out and they do something kind of foolish like you let the son ride in the back end of the pickup without a seatbelt. You know, don't tell mom. Don't tell mom. So Abraham's headed out with Isaac and he doesn't say, don't tell mom. But I don't think she knew. That's just my guess. Bible doesn't say either way. But when she did find out, I am pretty confident she said, you what? You let your son... I know how mamas are. But daddy was the same way. So what did she say when she found out? That's another one. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask her. What did you say? How did he take it? What went on here? Abraham, what was it like? Family interaction. You know what we're talking about here. All right. But God's point in this whole thing is this is worth proclaiming. Part of my graphics are lost here. I didn't know about how it would lay out on the screen here. But it's worth proclaiming. First of all, because God's saying, my servant Abraham, 
trust in me. Now we'll get down here to, toward this part here. Let's read verses um, 7 and following. So Abraham took the wood, the burnt offering, and he laid it on his son Isaac. He took the fire in his hand and the knife, and two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham and the father, and he said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. See, look, here's the fire, the wood, but where's the lamb for the offering? And we've read this. Abraham said, My son, God will provide the lamb for the for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place which God had told them. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood on the altar and he bound Isaac, his son. Now, a lot of times you want to tie your kids down and just keep them in place. But this was, this was an assurance of what he's about to do. And he picked him up and he laid him on the altar, on the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand. And he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. He said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. God saying, this is my servant Abraham. I want you to see how far he went. So this story is written for me and for you to understand how far there was of an individual that was willing to go to do what God asked for. That man trusted me that much. I want you to see that kind of faith I want you to have that kind of faith. And that's what's going on in this whole process. God says to us, I want you to have this kind of faith. So that's why the story's there. It's not just for entertainment. But it's for us to visualize God saying, read this. This is what I want out of you. This is what I'm hoping to get. When I let you get tested, I want you to go this far. I'll take care of it. I will provide. I want to see how you're going to turn out in it. How you're going to measure up. Prove your faith. Now in this whole process, there's something else you've got to see. God's saying, you can always trust me. Just like Abraham did, I want you to see, you can always trust me. We deal with issues in life. God's trying to tell us, there's a guy that did it right. Be this way. You can always trust me. He never let me down. And I've been through a lot of issues. Some where I've, I've looked up to heaven and said, God, I don't know this one. But he took care of it. This is the kind of faith that you will be blessed. God promised Abram when he was leaving back in chapter 12, I will bless you. If you can have that kind of faith, you will be blessed. God's saying, there's, there's blessings coming to you. But you've got to go that far with God. Now, as we're looking at this whole thing, the points continue on here. With this kind of faith, I will make you a blessing. You see, 
Not only is God going to bless us, but we become a blessing too for other people, just like Abraham was. As God promised him back in chapter 12, and he repeated that. I will bless you, and I will make you a blessing to these people. And he did become that. Of course, Abraham was also from the genealogy of Jesus, Jesus coming after him. And so, by that way, yes, all nations were blessed. They had that potential of knowing Jesus Christ. But the point is that God provides for us and for other people. Think of all the people that we would like to help. You become a blessing for them when you have that kind of faith. It allows the church that you worship in to know they can count on you. It becomes a blessing for them. The family that you live with, the neighbors that you have, the people that you work with, all of these things know and trust you. You become a blessing by being present with that kind of faith. And it's proven. That kind of faith is contagious. I don't know, um, in the whole process of things, who all saw Abraham, but... I know one that did. In Genesis 24. Verse 1 it says. Now Abram was old. And well advanced in age. And the Lord said to Abram. And all these things. And so Abram said to the oldest servant. Of his house. Who ruled over all that he had. Please put your hand under my thigh. Now that was a way of. Again. Making a firm promise. It's like, do you promise we hold our hands up and do this? Well, this one's, put your hand under my thigh. He says, I want to make you swear to the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But you go to my own country and to my family and take a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, perhaps the woman will not follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land where you come from? Abraham said, no, be, beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house, who spoke of the land of my family, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, to your descendants I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and, he, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. Okay. As you're going through this whole process, you got this servant that's very trusted by Abraham. Abraham's not old, young enough to make the journey, and he entrusts this servant. This servant has been with Abraham all through his life. He's grown up watching the faith of this guy. He's probably very much understood about, he may have been the young, one of the young men that went to worship on the mountain when he took Isaac. We don't know that part of it, but we do know and very confidently that in that family it was found out by these people. That Abraham's faith, when it was tested, was seen by this son, by this servant. And now this servant, who has seen this kind of faith in Abraham, has the same faith in himself. It was contagious to him. So when he goes off to this land to find Isaac a wife, He's got in mind that God is going to provide. 
So he comes down in verses 10. The servant took ten of his master's camels and departed with his master's goods. Now he's going to the land. Verse 11, he made his camels kneel down outside the city by the well of the water, the time, the watering time, and the time when women would go out to draw water. And he said, it's a prayer, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down the pitcher that I may drink, and she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you've appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. This guy knew that much. Had that kind of faith. And God answered, verse 15, and it happened before he finished speaking. He hadn't even said amen to the prayer. And God was answering. This guy that had grown up alongside of Abraham had this kind of faith in Abraham's God and now his God. That God would take care. That God would provide. So he's out on a journey and he's making sure that Isaac is going to get what Abraham's expecting. And that he's going to have fulfilled what he promised to Abraham. He gets out there and he's just in the middle of nowhere land. And yet he knows, because he's seen in Abraham, God provides. And so this is what we're looking at. We're understanding what's happening here. Contagious too because of Isaac, not only the servant, but Isaac along the way. And I wish I had some time to talk about that, but we're going to move on. I want you to know that this kind of faith saves. The other kind of faith is a dead faith. Jane talks about that. You probably read that from chapter 2. That there's a dead faith and an alive faith. The alive faith saves. The dead faith does not. This is the kind of faith that pleases God. Hebrews 11 verse 6. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then there are two parts to that. It says, he that comes to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I know this God's going to take care of me. I not only believe that he exists, but I know he provides. And it's going to be in live faith. Learn this. God provides. What he wants out of all this, he wants for us to take this story and examine it. And as we look at it, we go, I'm going to have that kind of faith. So when it gets down the road to us, God can look out and say, that's the kind of faith I want. You've got too." He's wanting to be able to look at us and say, I'm proud of you, just like I was to Abraham. I'm proud that Abraham did this and he models and he puts that in this, in this document and we're reading from Genesis and then later on somebody else sees our life and God says, that's it. That's what I'm after. The problem is that, that, that life just gets all tangled up and messed up. I have a, a garage door open at home. It's a little black thing about this big. Got two of them, matter of fact. One that's clipped on my my wife's car, and 
she uses it to open and close the garage door. And the other one I keep in the garage. And I pin it on the back side of my pants when I'm out mowing or painting or whatever so I can close the garage door when I step away from the house and nobody looks in and sees all the junk I've got in my garage. You've got that too, brother, don't you? And so I'm sure to close it and I get out and do my stuff and I come back and I open it up. So I was out mowing yesterday, I believe it was. And when I got back, it's like, where's the garage door opener? And I thought, I could have swore I clipped it on my pants. Sometimes I don't. And I'm looking all around the house and, and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I thought, hey, I don't know where it's at. So yesterday afternoon, Melly and I went out and we looked around. The this is the garage door opener. Yeah, I mowed the yard yesterday. And when I went back through, this is what the yard gave me. <laughs> I, I pull this out because it's like life. You think you got it together and this is what you end up with. But God provides. It, it, it's not always like we want. Sometimes life just falls apart, comes apart, and gets all messed up. But God provides. He always has. You look at Abraham and he said, I want you to see this. I will take care of you. I will provide. I will make this congregation great. I'll make your family great. It may not be great in numbers, but I want it to be great. It was one individual. His name was Abraham. And he made a change in so many people's lives because he had the kind of faith that God wanted him to have. And it's a challenge for us to have that kind of faith, to know that God will provide even when life's messed up like this and it's just fallen apart and all torn up. Let God put it back together. Now there's one other thing in this whole matter of faith. Whoops, going backwards here. Went too fast. Well, it flashed up there so quickly. But God has already provided, and that's the point. When you saw the cross up there. Before you ever were born in this world, before you ever sinned, God already provided for you. A son on the cross. An offering of a son, just like God asked Abraham to do, God did. And God gave you the opportunity to serve Him. And we are privileged to belong to that kingdom. God has provided for us a home in heaven. God has provided for us forgiveness of sins. God has given to us all that. And what He wants you to know is, I will provide for you in life. Trust Him. Serve Him. Live for Him. And if you're not living for Him, why not? God provides. Do you have an alive faith or a dead faith? Is your life like this? Let God put it back together. He can and will do it. Are you a Christian? Have you been baptized into Christ? And the question also, and are you living for Him? And if there's something you need to do about that, come while we stand and sing.